In today's episode, we talk about what is pivoting. Are you someone that when plan A doesn't go to plan, you kind of give up? Then today's episode is for you because we talk about how to pivot your life so that even if the best case scenario isn't there, you at least got good and better left. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Pivoting. Happy Monday, guys. We are back. I actually was listening to the Friday Fire this morning on my way over, and I, it reminded me that I've basically been sick recording all of our podcasts. And I was like, today I'm not going to sound nasally and be sucking out a cough drop. <laughs> That's the one where I was like, you got to stop. I know. Yeah. I remember you were like, Becky, you need to take the cough drop out. I was like, but I literally had a coughing attack during your last episode. <gasps> I'm actually healthy, but my child's not. I feel like a horrible mother right now. I sent Taylor to daycare. I'm not sure if she has pink eye or not. But like, here's the thing. Last night, I picked her up from Nick's mom. Her eye was kind of crusty. It was like swollen. And I was like, you for sure have pink eye. Woke up this morning, barely any, like one little crust, no redness, wasn't really swollen. It was watering a little bit this morning, but I was like, I don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, I'm sure she's fine. I mean... I don't know. And then you feel like a bad mom because you're like, this is probably how she, but she's also been like, every time I take off her diaper, reaching down for her crotch. So for sure could have pink eye. <laughs> like, I'm just like, stop doing this, Taylor. Stop. Stop doing this. This is how you get oh, pink eye. Man. Well, like you said, there's only one other kid in class today. You yeah. were open with the school about it and I'm sure it's fine. I have a, a funny story about Marcus. So I believe in one of the recent episodes, I was sharing, a, you know, the trick for the bathtub, right? To wash the hair and tell them that there's a bird look up here you know what is that on the ceiling so that he looks up so you can pour the water so we're in the bathtub last night and he goes mommy mommy look up there totally gets me with the bucket of water <laughs> and i just let it go because i was like this is awesome that you, you are well you know what i did in the bathtub last night to get my <laughs> child in the bathtub so nick has been out of town we're recording this on Friday. Nick's been out of town on and off this week. He's had like an appreciation week and a lot of clients in town. So last night he was downtown. They did like a cooking class as like a group and then went out for, I'm like, must be nice. But anyways, um, he was gone last night and then this morning and last night was like the third night this week he's been gone and I've had the kids by myself. And it was just like literally the Thunderdome in our house. Like Carson was not listening. I was yelling way more than I want to admit. It was like getting him up to a bath. Taylor, I thought, had pink eye. I thought she wasn't going to be able to go to school the night. Like, I was a hot mess and not my proudest parenting moments. But Carson, like, went outside to get the watering pail. Is that that what you're? I was trying to think of the word last night. It's like the thing that you pour water, like you water plants with. Yeah. I mean, watering pail. I don't know. Anyways. He was playing with that. And I was like, you want to bring that into the bath? Let's go. That'll get you into the bath. And then like, didn't think to rinse it out. There's like leaves in the bath with them. Again, I wonder why Taylor has pink eye bacteria. But anyways, that was my situation last night in the bath. So, you know, we made it through. I got to daycare this morning, 15 minutes later, like 25 minutes later than I normally do. And I told her, I was like, 
I'm solo this week. It's just, we, we ran late. The only way I got Carson out of the house was telling him we were going to Starbucks. So I have his leftover chocolate milk in Liz's fridge right now because he said I wanted to save it for later. And heaven forbid, I throw it out and he remembers because he will. Because mm-hmm. toddlers never forget. We've conditioned our kids. I was thinking about this yes, this morning because when I go to Starbucks and I come home without a mini scone, Marcus literally cries. Like he gives me that big pouty face and sometimes I might fib and tell him that they were out. <laughs> So I'm no longer allowed to do that because my husband was like, this is cruel. And sometimes they are legitimately like sold out. But I was thinking about it this morning. I'm like, I've conditioned this. I have created this. I told you when I am driving the kids to daycare and I pull up the app to order, Carson sees the app from the backseat and he tells me, mama, mama, get me chocolate milk. Get me, get me a pouch. And I'm like, God, I created this. Mm -hmm. I can't even be mad at you right now. Can you imagine what they're going to be like when they're like five and six? No, I think it gets better. That's I just what I think, keep telling myself. <laughs> what I think is, okay, what I know is that I was a very bossy child. And I see this in my son because I used to sit at the table and I would bang on glasses and I would say, you sing or you dance or you do this. And Marcus does the same thing. When we have friends over, like for dinner parties, he says, Matt, sit here. Trish, sit here. Daddy, sit here. Mommy, sit here. Like he is me as a child, even though he looks 1000% like art. I was at... <laughs> I was actually, he does look like art. I was actually reading in Atomic Habits how it talked about like um, extrovert and introvert. Mm -hmm. They know from, like a lot of times can tell from birth and I posted this on my Instagram story, but basically in um, nurseries, they can play loud music and the babies that are, tend to be more extroverted in life will turn towards the music and the babies that tend to be more introverted turn away from the music. And this morning I had my phone and I was listening to something on my phone and I put it down when I was changing Taylor immediately looks up towards the phone. And I was like, oh, you're definitely my child. And so is Carson. Nick's mm-hmm. much more introverted. I'm way more extroverted. We're yeah. Leos and I don't believe fully in Zodiac signs, but I do a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Leos are like, want to be the center of attention, want to have, you know, and that's my, ch- both of my children are Leos with me. Yeah. Art's definitely introverted. You know that. Mm-hmm. Him For and sure. Nick are a lot alike in that way until they have some cocktails and then it's like, they don't shut up. <laughs> I mean, at least depending upon the situation that we're in, it's like, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm like, can you stop talking to that dad at the park now? Because we need to go. <laughs> but anyways, so if you've been around the food code for a while, or you followed myself or followed Becca for a while, you've probably heard us talk about pivoting. And so we wanted to do a podcast on this because a lot of people are like, well, what does pivoting mean? You know, when you say that, how does that actually look in life? And it's a really powerful tactic. And I know Becca just talked about it this morning. And basically, if we look at the definition of pivoting, it's a, you know, I, I want to give the basketball analogy here, right? Like, so think about when you are dribbling or you are planted, you have one foot, you can't move, um, you know, the other foot, you have to keep one foot planted mm-hmm. as you're kind of like moving around the ball. And so this is kind of the idea that that would be your healthy lifestyle. That is your foundation. So one leg is your foundation of your healthy lifestyle and understanding that not every day is going to go according to plan. Realistically, I would say maybe one out of 30 days goes according to plan for me. I don't know how Becca feels with this, but it's like every day there's something coming up, whether it is people moving calls that are scheduled or getting calls added to our schedule or my husband telling us, here's another massive project you guys have to do, right? Or the kids, you know, whatever it is in life, things just pop up. And so your schedule doesn't always go according to plan. And so the idea here is that you lean on those healthy habits that you have built foundationally day to day, no matter what they get done. 
that other leg is just how you get them done, right? Like you might be pivoting the time that you're going to go to the gym. You might be pivoting the time that, you know, you are going to cook in the kitchen the day and the time that could rotate weekly, depending upon what you have going on on the weekends, but that you are firm in your foundation and you know, I do these things for myself and I show up for myself no matter what. And when things don't go my way, I will pivot. I will just, I will still get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest tactics to this is you cannot only have one plan. You cannot have only one option of what you're going to do. Like when I plan my days, I think plan A, plan B, and if plan B even goes to shit, what's plan C? Like I'm looking at my calendar and I always account for the fact if my children wake up during my workout time. Like I want to work out at 5 a.m., 5.15 a.m., but if they wake up during that time, I always look at my schedule of what is another time of the day that I can work out or can I shift my workout and make it something that I can do with my kids? Again, it is not going to be the best workout, but some movement is better than no movement. And the same thing with food. If I do not have the right things in the house, I make sure I have something in the freezer. Right now I have three pre-made meals in the freezer. I have frozen egg bites, the spinach egg white frittatas. I always keep those in the freezer. Those are something like as soon as I run out, I make sure I buy more at the grocery store. I always have frozen waffles in the freezer. I always have things in the house that are like, if my ideal situation does not work, what is my backup plan? And it's automatic in my mind. And so you cannot be thinking just one step. You have to be thinking three, four, five steps ahead because I, I honestly, at this point, expect my life to go to shit. Like I expect my days to become chaos. And that is kind of how I think most mothers and mo- a lot of fathers end up living. You just, kids are unpredictable, especially at young ages. And at older ages, from what I hear from all of our friends and all of our clients, you're constantly on the go with your kids' activities. And so you have to basically plan for backup because you're not going to be at home to cook. You're not going to be at home to work out. You have to think about what happens if what I want to happen doesn't. What do I do next? And I think most people really just go into life thinking ideal, thinking, well, I have this great plan. Well, what if someone just slashes your plan and none of it works? What are you going to do then? And I think sadly, what most people do is they let themselves just revert to their back to their habits. And that is kind I think in a way it's almost subconscious. Like people don't actively necessarily do this. I think it's just something that unfortunately becomes, well, now I just revert back to what I normally do. Mm-hmm. Go out to fast food, don't exercise, sleep in, whatever it might be. I think this is where the all or nothing mentality really comes into play for a lot of people because they think if it's not perfect, what's the point? And if we expected every day to be perfect. No one would ever get anything done, right? Like that's just the way that I think about it. Like if I only did things when the stars aligned and it was the quote unquote here, like perfect time or perfect day, I would never be making progress toward my goals. I would just continuously be flying by the seat of my pants and hoping for the best. And so this is where you kind of have to get out of that mindset and decide, you know, what is truly important to you and is a non-negotiable for you. And then you just pivot and you adjust and you get it done. You watch people do 75 hard. If you guys don't know what 75 hard is, listen to Andy Frisella's podcast. Two workouts a day. One is outside for 45 minutes. They have to be three hours apart. You have to take a picture of yourself every day, drink a gallon of water every day. Read 10 pages of a book every day. Follow a diet and no alcohol. And so what I see, you know, because I follow a lot of people and Emily Frisella is uh, doing 75 hard right now. And she posted yesterday, she had a bad case of vertigo. She couldn't get out of bed until 1230. She pivoted, she adjusted. She's like, I got on calls with my teams, 
gave them their to-do list for the day, got in the gym, did my workout, came home, did some other work, and then had you know her evening workout be her outdoor workout. And she just pivoted. She got it done, even though she had you know vertigo. And that's kind of an extreme scenario here. But there are people who are so committed to their goals that it doesn't matter the time of day. Before they lay their head on their pillow at nighttime, they will get it done. And that's what you know we want for all of our clients. Because if we're not committed to our goals in that way, Man, we just we stay stuck. We're like trapped in sand, you know, and just really struggling. And then you have the whole mental and emotional component here. And that's why I think pivoting is so important because pivots in your life does do not mean failure, right? They mean opportunity for you to adjust and still show up for yourself. And this is where I think you build the most confidence because if it was perfect every day and if it was easy every day, everybody would be fit. Obesity wouldn't be at an all-time high. Disease wouldn't be at an all-time high. We wouldn't have to worry about these things because life is just perfect and mm-hmm. I have all the time in the world to work towards my goals. But I think, you know, think about this too in, in the spectrum of like good, better, and best. Mm-hmm. Some days you have to let good be good enough. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and here's, I want to caveat this too, because I think it makes it sound like Liz and I and, you know, whoever is doing this just seamlessly flow into these pivots. You guys, I had like a full-blown meltdown last night when I found figured out that like Taylor might have pink eye. I'm not going to be able to take her to daycare tomorrow. Nick's not around. I'm going to have to take her to the doctor. Liz and I have podcasts scheduled today, like interviews that I can't not be here for, meetings. And so like last night, I texted Liz kind of like having a mini panic attack. I was like basically super <laughs> poor Nick. I was like really short with him because I was like, I want you here to help and you aren't. And I had like a legit meltdown last night. I was screaming at Carson when I shouldn't have been. He's three, like he has big emotions. And it just, it, then once I calmed myself down and thought about it, I was like, no, this is fine. I'm going to make it work. Nick will be home by, you know, 11, 12 o'clock. If I need to take, keep Taylor, Taylor home from daycare, he will be here. I will then be able to come to Liz's and still fit in the air. Like it was going to be fine. And here's the thing. Guess what? It's always fine. <laughs> it's always fine. You know when it's not fine? When you create that scenario in your mind, when you are the one that makes it not fine. Because in reality, it can always be fine. Like Liz was saying, good, better, best. My best scenario was no longer an option. So guess what I still have? I still have good and better. I still have options that are better than zero, nilch, nada, not doing anything and sitting in my solo, you know, my my somber and eating a pint of ice cream. No, I had my meal that I had prepared. I had that prepared, so I was good there. I had my mug cake at night, read my book, did some work, went to bed, woke up this morning, was able to work out fortunately, got both my kids to daycare a little bit later than normal, but we figured it out. So there was a meltdown there. That that happened. It's not that those don't happen. What happens after though is what matters. It doesn't turn into multiple meltdowns. It doesn't turn into me quitting. It turns into me figuring out what are other options even if they aren't as good. And so here we have to look at everyday examples like, okay, you wanted to walk 10,000 steps today, but that didn't happen because it was thundering and lightning outside or whatever is going on. What can I do instead? Can I do laps around my house? Can I get 8,000 steps? Can I do more than 3,000 steps? Like, What can we do that is still as close as possible to what you wanted to do to be able to do more than nothing? More than nothing. That is what I, like it's a, street parking is a CrossFit um, like at home workout program. One of their slogans is more than nothing because more than nothing gets to do a lot farther than nothing. Yeah. It's powerful when you can shift into that mentality, but you also have to be able to understand 
that when things are going well, this is your time to push. Remember those times that you weren't able to do the things that you wanted. You weren't able to show up as your you know, best case scenario. So take advantage of the times that you are. Those are the times that you increase your productivity. You push harder in the gym. If you are lifting and you need a spotter and you're able to get your husband or somebody you know, in the gym with you, even though it might not be that programmed day, take advantage of that because you have that person there instead of saying, oh, well, it just didn't work out. And so I'll just skip this workout. And then you don't actually push yourself. Maybe it's like a one rep max you know, scenario here. And so understanding that even with workout programming, we're going to talk with Cody McBroom about this coming on a podcast soon. It's okay if you need to pivot and adjust. Becca adjusted her workout today because she's on her cycle. Maxing mm-hmm. out in the deadlift didn't feel great today. And guess what? That's okay. Next week, early next week when she feels better, she'll max out on the deadlift and it'll be great and she'll show up strong. So this is one thing where I would say, if you have these scenarios that you notice though are showing up more and more and more, start planning for the worst case scenario. And start looking where they're showing up. Like I think a lot of people always make their workout no matter what, but then food becomes their problem. Like they don't, they don't have the things prepped or vice versa. You, you're solid with the food, but you're always like, usually people have their thing. They have their thing where it's consistent that they keep missing the mark. I know for me, it's usually my book, my 10 pages of my book are studying because my program that I'm in right now is a little bit self-driven right now. And so like, I don't have deadlines. And so if I don't make those deadlines, I'm not studying how I should be. And so I know the areas I always do. I'm solid on my food. I'm solid on my workouts. I'm pretty near solid on my sleep and water. Those things are automatic for me. So I know the areas that tend to go when shit hits the fan. Those are the areas that I need to plan and adjust for. So you are probably the same. You probably just need to be identifying and being aware of what those areas are. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are just kind of like oblivious. And when things happen and, you know, the plan that you had in place doesn't work, you're just like, oh, screw it. And you don't actually evaluate it. You don't, you don't step back and be like, what went wrong here? Where, where did I miss again? What, what should I have done better? What could be done better tomorrow? For me, it's usually like, I need to get my freaking phone out of my office so that I'm not randomly grabbing my phone to scroll scroll social media to like catch a break in my brain. No, I need to be working on that 15 minutes. If if it's only 15 minutes, perfect. I can fit in 15 minutes of studying because that's adding up to over two hours a week. Like we need to be looking at it this way instead of, well, oh, screw it. I don't know. I guess it just didn't work out. No, what didn't work out? Like evaluate because that is how you get better and better at pivoting because you start to identify these things before they even happen. Mm -hmm. And I think once you have that evaluation and awareness, it gives you power to future forecast and plan differently for the next week, right? Be more strategic. This is where I think about, so we've had a lot of clients lately talking about, you know, sports events are starting up. You know, we've got baseball every night or we've got soccer or we've got basketball, whatever that looks like. Weekends are really busy. I didn't keep enough with me. We were on the go. I just kind of forgot to eat. And then I came home and I indulged because I was starving, you know, from the day or I opened that bottle of wine. and I didn't stop because I was so stressed from, you know, the entire day of just going nonstop. And so this is where if we have that awareness, and we take that evaluation we can strategize and be more strategic to put things in place that will do two things. Number one, make it easier to get the habit done. Can you walk while your kids are playing baseball? In my opinion, 
most ballparks have like a walking path somewhere around, right? That you could do that. Large enough. Yeah. Um, So you could also bring a cooler with you, right? So you can put things in place to make things easier if you're strategic in your future thinking, right? But the second thing is remove the barriers. Get things out of your environment that are triggering to you. If it is Friday night or Saturday night that you want to come home and open that bottle of wine at the end of the week because it's been a stressful week, don't keep wine in the house. Put kombucha in the house, put sparkling water, go for a walk after work, meet up with a friend and go for a walk, right? Meet a friend for coffee, do other things, add maybe different hobbies to your list that you want to do. Becca and I both program workouts Saturday and Sunday. That's helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, we rarely drink anymore. Like we haven't been drinking for a couple of months. We're having some friends over tomorrow and that'll be kind of like a one-off scenario. I still have my program workout happening on Sunday. We're still going to church. Like we're still going to go through our normal routine. And those things help me mentally not over consume, right? Or overindulge things because I want to feel good in that workout. And so this is really important. If you're not evaluating things, you can't analyze where I need to change my approach, right? And this is one thing where I think, you know, people will say, well, like I'm just lazy or, and I just, I want it to be easy. I want things to flow. Guys, we all do. We all want things to be easy. I want Marcus to sleep until 7 a.m. every single morning. That never happens. So what do I do? I get up earlier. I get my work done before I know. This morning, I looked at the clock, 6.14. I know he's going to be up one minute after, 6.15. Sure enough, he's standing in his crib. Mommy, mommy. I'm like, okay. I got my work done, though, that I needed to get done. So then I could spend some time with him before I left and went to the gym after my husband got home. And so this is also where communicating with your spouse or whoever is helping you with things, whether it's a friend, whatever the situation is, communicate with other people. Let them know. Let them know what your goals are. Let them know what your commitments are. That can help with accountability as well. But I always look at my calendar. I talk to my husband the night before. When are you going to the gym? Then I'll go to the gym at this time. Or can I go you know, with Trish at this particular time? Does that work for you? Because I still want to be honoring the fact he needs to get his workout in. you know. And so we're always pivoting and adjusting. Not every single day looks the same for us anymore. And so we just wanted to do a podcast on this because, you know, the longer that you let excuses, like I lost you know, track of time or I didn't have um, the right resources in the house or whatever the, the excuses are, right? The longer that you're going to make these things harder on yourself. And so if you can adjust and switch into this mindset of planning for the worst case scenario, knowing that you have good, better, and best, let me pivot when things don't go according to plan, you've got that backup plan, you can still make progress because you do not need to be perfect in this journey. As we always say, it's progress, not perfection. Something is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. And it gets easier over time. Like it, it does become somewhat automatic the more you do it. Because once you start to realize that your life is one big shit show and like there really isn't a whole lot of structure, especially when you have kids. And I think, especially when you have small children, I from I mean different ages different challenges but small children are pretty unpredictable in their schedules like sleep wise and you know they're they're not very depend like independent they need your help with a lot of things and so I've realized that I need plan A plan B and plan C thought through and now I have like for example breakfast let's just give this example my plan A is I have, I have the time to come home, make eggs, make some type of starch. You know, usually it's like gluten-free waffles, oatmeal, toast, whatever, fruit, and then go and have that with, you know, while I work. If that doesn't work, my plan B is almost always the spinach egg white frittatas I throw in the microwave. I have, you know, a 
I grab an apple or a banana, some type of starch. That doesn't work. Plan C, I know Starbucks, reduced fat turkey bacon sandwich works well for me. The spinach feta wrap works well for me. Like I have these kind of automatic things that these are my plans, backup plan, backup, backup plans for workouts. Okay, awesome. I want to get the workout done first thing in the morning. If that doesn't work, where else in my day can I fit it? If my day's packed, okay, what can I do while the kids are at home with them in the basement that can work? What can I do that's 20 minutes? That's more than nothing. Where can I get walks in a little bit more that day to just get some more movement in? Like, what can I change to be able to shift this? And if not, okay, maybe today's a rest day that wasn't planning on being, how do I shift the rest of my week so that I still fit in all my workouts? Like, these are the ways we have to think, and they do become easier. They do become automatic, but at first, you have to be willing to see them. You have to be willing to pivot, because I think a lot of people, sadly, if their plan A doesn't work, screw it. I guess it's not going to work out. Burger King, Whopper yep. and fries. Yep. Pizza, <laughs> pizza night. Let's order pizza again. <laughs> yeah. Like we have to be willing to do this too. Willing and aware. Okay. But pivoting is, in my opinion, one of the top characteristics of people that are successful and being okay with the pivot. You cannot beat yourself up constantly if it didn't work out how you wanted it to work. Like it's just not life, guys. Life doesn't. And here's how you have to look at it. Maybe it did work out exactly how it was supposed to but your plan A wasn't how it was supposed to work out. It, it, it meant to teach you something. It meant to make you more resilient. It meant to make you look at things different, be more grateful. Like my workouts this week were total shit. I, none of them felt good, none of them. And so at the end of the week, I was really frustrated today because I couldn't fit in my whole workout. It was longer than I thought it was gonna be. I didn't feel great at the workout. And like by the end of it, I was like, you know what? I'm actually really grateful that I can move my body and that my children stayed asleep long enough for me to at least get in what I got in and I shift my perspective, I move on. And so we have to look at these things differently. Your plan A might not even be what it was supposed to be because it was supposed to teach you something different and you have to be okay with that. So that is what pivoting is. That's what we mean by pivoting. It's a characteristic you want to hold if you want to be successful. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate, and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.